Awesome. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were, wash, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the word of God. Good morning, church. It's, uh, are, you, are you here? Am I alone in this auditorium? No. Um, I've had uh, a wonderful three weeks. Um, I was at Word Alive. I, some of you might know it's an annual conference and also uh, Spring Harvest. And I was extremely encouraged to see thousands and thousands of young people being on fire for the Lord. God is doing something amazing in our universities and colleges throughout um, the country. You know, sometimes you hear um, the church decline and all kinds of negative things about Christianity, but I tell you, God is up to something and he's doing really amazing work. So I was so encouraged. So uh, it was hard for me to connect with 2,000 um, young people in Word Alive, so I had to come up with something just to break the ice, you know, just to for them to, um, to consider me as one of them. So I, I, I showed them one picture, uh, which actually happened to me uh, during the lockdown, because I was, I, was, I, was locked down, I was in lockdown with my son, and um, this is what he did uh, to me. Um, I am glad to say he's here today, so uh, um, yeah, welcome, Kedis. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Is it off now? Okay. <laughs> Actually, the, 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 the person who was introducing me um, said, it's amazing, it's, it's very hard to tell that was you. I said, which one? Um, 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 let's go back to the, uh, the scripture. In, in the scripture that we just heard uh, being read to us, we see that Christ pursues us to transform us from uh, from uh, being a conditional followers, uh, from following him with condition to unconditional followers. He pursues us until we bring all under the subjection of his lordship, to know his lordship in the areas where we are afraid to surrender. 
areas where we want to remain in control, refuse to give up the steering wheel of our life um, to Christ. It takes unconditional surrender in the words of St. Paul's to get hold of that which Christ get hold of us, to enter into a life of fruitfulness, bearing a fruit that remains forever. You remember Jesus in uh, John chapter 15 said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. That means to make our life on earth matter in the eyes of heaven. If there are areas in our life where we are afraid, afraid to surrender, constantly asking, what if? What if I give this to the Lord and it, it goes in different ways than I wanted? What if I, if I fail? What if I get hurt again? What if I don't, I don't have what it takes? What if he doesn't show up? I can give you this, Lord, but don't ask me this. Jesus loves us so much to leave us unchanged, to leave us with our fears. He pursues us until we get to a point where we see that he is Lord over all that concerns us. He wants our life to matter in the sight of heaven, to get a satisfactory answer to the question, does it matter if I wasn't born? The significance of your life on earth in the sight of heaven depends on your surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In this story, we see four things that could cause our transformation from conditional followers to unconditional ones. To follow him with total surrender, knowing that he has our best interests at heart. These four things are the, the, knowledge of his, the, the knowledge of the pursuit of his love, the knowledge of the trustworthiness of his word, the knowledge of his lordship over the things that concerns us, and the knowledge of his willingness to use us despite our sin, the knowledge of the pursuit of his love. So now we, we, uh, we see that Jesus would have been pursuing Peter for months before, actually, before this story, before this incident happened. He had been pursuing uh, Peter. We know that from other biblical accounts that Peter is a follower of Jesus, you know, at, at this time. Before, before that, this actually uh, happened. We could even say that he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, some people say that by this time, Peter has been probably been walking with the Lord for well over a year. And so this was not the first time that Peter uh, heard the call of God in his life. If you remember, Peter was first introduced to Jesus by his brother, Andrew, uh, very early on in Jesus' ministry. Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist, and when John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said, here is the Lamb of God, he left him and he started following Jesus. And afterwards, he went to uh, home and, and to his brother Peter and asked him, uh, told him that they found the Messiah, and then he brought to Jesus, and Jesus, when Jesus looked at Peter, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah, you shall be called Cephas, which is translated as stone. So that, that was very early on in Jesus' ministry in Judea. Luke seems to focus on the ministry of Jesus in Galilee. So through that time, Peter and Jesus grew clothed together. Jesus was spending a lot of time with uh, Peter and Andrews. 
even in Luke chapter 4, we uh, see that we read that how Jesus and his disciples uh, went back to Peter's house after morning service in the synagogue, and Jesus was asked to, you know, um, Peter's uh, mother-in-law was sick, uh, so Jesus um, healed her. So there was a, a close connection, a close uh, encounter with Jesus before this, this actual time uh, um, uh, for Peter. But there was something in, in, in particularly one concern that kept Peter from surrendering all to Jesus. There was some co one concern in his mind. That was the question of livelihood. Livelihood. I can imagine him thinking about what he heard from Jesus. When Jesus said, leave everything and follow me, you know, he was asking, you ask us to give up all and follow you. How are we going to live? You know, how would I support my family? Where would any income, uh, my, my income would come? You know, he didn't trust the Lord enough to give up his secured profession and uh, income. You remember, you see throughout the scriptures, throughout the New Testament, that always when, when, when he's insecure, he runs to fishing. Even after the resurrection of Jesus, you find him running. He was insecure because of what he had, you know, uh, denied Jesus, and he didn't expect Jesus to embrace him back and, and call him to that ministry. So he ran to uh, a fishing. So that was a concern. And, and, some of the, and he was asking as well to Jesus. He was saying, um, you know, he said uh, once, he said, uh, we have left all we had to follow you. And actually in Matthew 19, he said, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? You know, always that question was in his mind, that, that insecurity, that, that concern, that, you know, he, was, he, 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 didn't, he couldn't see Jesus uh, being Lord, being able to provide and overtake, uh, uh, take care of that concern of his. So Jesus said to him, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will, will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come um, eternal life. So Jesus wanted to change that in Peter's life. So what we are reading here in our text is not an initial call uh, to follow Jesus. It was, that was not the first call. Jesus was calling Peter to go deeper, to take the next step in his work with the Lord. So Jesus is not satisfied either with religious affiliation or for him to be one among many things in our life. He wants all surrendered to him because we can only flourish in bearing fruit that lasts under his lordship. Therefore, Luke's focus in this story was not the, the crowd. It was not what Jesus was teaching. We don't, you don't hear anything that, um, he, didn't, he didn't say anything about what Jesus was teaching those, those crowds. It's not, it was a very, obviously Jesus was teaching something to those crowds, but he didn't say anything because the focus of that story was that the transformation of Peter. So it is in Peter's boat that Jesus chose to enter, but Jesus actually came in that place particularly for that purpose. You know that there was two boats, and Jesus chose Peter's one. And then, uh, and he went in. And um, he could have, uh, Jesus asked Peter to throw the nets later on. There were other fishermen. They could have asked, he could have asked them. But he wanted to change in his life. He, he knew what was going on in his life. He was pursuing him to change him, to, to, to surrender, to trust him and hand over his concerns to Jesus. So um, 
he could have asked others. Peter responds to what happened was the focus of the, the story. They, they were, uh, every, everybody was astonished and kind of surprised by what happened, but the focus Luke focused on what happened between Jesus and Luke and how Luke's life have, was transformed. So don't call it conspiracy theory, but I believe, it seems to me that there was a, uh, the hand of the Lord behind the failure of Peter and his friends finding fish all night, that night. You know, I can imagine Jesus thinking to himself, now I need to make sure the fish stay far away from Peter's tonight because I need to teach him something tomorrow morning. So all the fish just disappeared. They were trying to fish all night and they just couldn't find one. So Jesus went to Peter's workplace to use that which is familiar to Peter to demonstrate his love and lordship. I think at the end, Peter realized the love that was pursuing him. That's what Jesus is doing in our life. He knows us by name. He knows everything about us. He is pursuing us to reveal himself to us. He's pursuing you. He knows our concerns, our fears, what we are holding on, relying on instead of him. He knows our struggles, where we fail to trust him but still pursues us. He will never give up on you until he's pursuing you to enable you to surrender to him and live a fruitful life, bear fruit, fruit that remains forever. Make your life matter in the light of heaven. When you perceive the pursuit of his love, despite your unworthiness, it humbles you and makes you trust him and give him all. It's not only the realization of his persistent love that brings transformation, but the knowledge of the trustworthiness of his word. The knowledge of the trustworthiness of his word. In verse 1, we see that Luke sets the, the scene by talking about the crowd uh, and, and Jesus. By this time, Jesus' ministry is known around the, 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 the region. So people have seen him and heard him uh, healing people and casting out demons and and teaching with authority. So they were coming in with, with crowds and just really trying to touch him, trying to, um, you know, embrace him and receive from him. So the work, you know, he, we're told that this multitude of people pressed upon Jesus in order to hear the word of God. So Jesus saw two boats because he wanted to be a little bit away from the crowd so that he may be able to teach. So he saw the two boats and he chose the Peter's one. And he... Uh, 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 and, and we, say, we see that the owners of the boats were not with their boats because they were washing their nets after all night fishing. So um, Jesus, you know, Jesus chose Peter's one and asked Jesus, uh, Peter to come and uh, um, pull, push the, the boat a little bit out in the water so that uh, Jesus could sit there and teach them. So we know Peter was just spending the entire night out in that boat uh, fishing. He was, he was washing up his nets and was ready to call it a day and go and get some sleep. The last thing he wanted to do was go back out in this boat. But, but that is exactly what Jesus asked him to do, to the boat out a little, uh, a little from the shore so that he may address the people. Then Jesus told and just finished. I don't know how long it took. So Peter was waiting. Um, and then you know, waiting and, oh, now it is finished. And then Jesus said to him, um, 
Uh, and he said, he turned to, Jesus, to Peter and again he tells him, launch out to the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, you know, when Jesus said that launch out and let down, it was not a suggestion or it was not like, you know, what do you, what, do you fancy fishing kind of thing. It was an instruction. He told him what to do. And, you know, you can imagine how confusing that could be for Peter and other fishermen. Because by trade, Jesus is, was a carpenter. He was a builder. He was not a fisherman. They were a professional fishermen. And, uh, you know, uh, it would be weird to have a carpenter telling the fisherman how to fish and where to fish. Now, he, this was Peter's hometown. You know, this is where he grew up. He made his living off to fishing in those, in those waters. You know, if anyone knew anything at all about fishing, it was Peter. The best time to, to fish or the best place to fish would have been Peter. So a convenient, you know, a convenient time to fish is the cool of the night and early morning. Fishing in the middle of the day in the deep waters was the exact opposite of what Peter knew to be the best time and place to fish. You know, we also know that Peter has just finished a full night work of fishing and he has already washed up his nets. You know, if he listens to Jesus, he's going to have to rewash his nets all over again. Peter's left with a choice to make. Does he listen to Jesus and launch out into the deep and lay down his nets? Or does he object and tell Jesus that his idea is foolish and that it won't work? Because his experience tells him that that's wrong, that's the wrong thing to do. You know, his, his body tells him this is, you know, it's just a, a, a vain labor. There's not going to be any fish. You know, would I be bold enough to tell Jesus, I'm sorry, uh, you know? But Peter was hesitant and he was reluctant, but he didn't let uh, his own hesitation and reluctancy to keep him from following through what Jesus told him to do. So Peter was obedient to Jesus what he said you know we have been trying all, all night but nevertheless at your word I will lay down the net and that simple act of obedience despite his intelligence his experience his, his everything about the, the, the uh, tells him no he acted upon the word of the Lord Peter trusted and acted because Jesus said so we learn from this story that taking Jesus at his word, trusting him that he can make extraordinary things happen when there is no earthly reason to believe is the best course of action. Through his word, God calls us to action in our specific circumstances. But our instinct and experience may tell us that obeying won't work. We learn the need to be obedient to God's word, even when it seems contrary to our experience, perception, and knowledge. If we obey him in faith, then our vision of him will grow, and we will let go of all that hinders our work with him. But even if we are hungry for the word of God, even if we engage and study the word of God, even if we listen to the word of God until we act upon it, until we are obedient to it, we won't be seeing the full fruit. Let me tell you two stories. One about me, and the other one is about a random person, a story, it's a funny story, actually, that I heard. 
So this was, uh, there was a man who made it his custom to go up to the uh, uh, nearest mountain to reflect and pray every other evening. One day while he was at the top of the mountain, deep in his thoughts, it became very dark and he found it very difficult to come down. It just became extremely dark and he couldn't see just uh, 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 anything. So as he was carefully coming down, he slept and started to roll down from the top of the mountain, really rolling down. As he was frantically uh, trying to find something to hold on to stop him from crashing down, he found a branch and hold on it. You know, you know, he was just trampling, you know, coming down, and then he found that branch and he was holding it for his life, you know, just holding. And, and once he held that branch, he started to cry out to God, Lord, help me, help me. And then he heard uh, a voice. Let go of the branch. What? And then the Lord said to him, let go of the branch. And then he said, is there anybody else? Help! <laughs> and he remained holding that branch for a very long time. And then eventually the, the branch gave in and it broke from the tree and he fell on the ground. He, was, uh, he found out that he was just half a meter above the ground. The Lord may be asking us to let go today. Um, let me come to my story. I was a very, very shy person, as you can imagine, I can, as you can see now. Um, a very, very shy person. Let alone standing in front of people, even meeting a stranger and just talking one-to-one -one would have been a, ter you know, a terrifying thing for me. I used to sweat when I meet a new person and talk. So... Uh, because of just the burden that God has given me, I started just engaged in ministry in, 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 in my church. And I couldn't even, um, you know, uh, communicate an, an idea or, you know, a coherent, a coherent um, sentence to people. I was, you know, people knew that I, I can't talk. I can't be able to communicate. I, I am, you know, I'm just, there's nothing in me that would... Uh, indicate any kind of public ministry. So the, the church knew who I was. The, everybody knew I, I, I don't have what it takes to be a minister or, or to, to kind of to give or delegate something that involves speaking in, in, in the church. And I knew that as well. I knew that and everybody else knew. So when I become convinced that the Lord was calling me to ministry, it didn't, it didn't make any sense. I, I say, Ministry to do what? You know, what? I, I, but I knew that it was the Lord who was calling me to, to ministry. So I, I couldn't tell anybody because they knew they, they would laugh at me because they, you know, to do, you know, they cannot um, reconcile the call of ministry, the, the, the work of ministry with who I was at the time. So, I, but I, I took that step by faith. I said, okay. I don't know uh, what, what I, you want me to do, but I, I will um, obey and I take that step. And I, I, I started to study theology and ministry. And people were asking me, why are you studying in theology? And 
they just, they just don't know why, why I'm doing it. And they sometimes they are so kind. They say, oh, yeah, that's great. But some of them say, why are you wasting your time? You know, what to do what? Are you going to, you know, everything about me, everything around me tells me not to do, to take that step. And, and I, I, it was, um, I took that step and I am where I am today uh, after I don't know how many years of uh, ministry and God has been faithful. And in that church where um, my inability was known, I was invited to be the first pastor in that church. And I pastored that church for 18 years. And when we take that step, when, when, we, when we obey God uh, um, uh, despite what we perceive and what, we, uh, uh, what our knowledge, our experience tells us, we see his power working in our life. Our natural instinct, experience, and knowledge not necessarily agree with what God is telling us to do. What we need to make sure is that it is the Lord who is speaking to us, and that is his word uh, 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 we are obeying. Acting at his word by faith, despite what my knowledge and experience tells me, I am where I am today. So knowing the trustworthiness of his word would... Uh, um, transform us from conditional, at following him with condition to unconditional knowledge. The third uh, point that we see from this story is the knowledge of his lordship. Now, when Simon Peter saw this, that uh, he, he didn't expect any fish, and then he acted uh, at uh, the Lord's word, and, you know, you know the fish, the thousands of fishes were uh, you know, the, the field with that net and, and the boat. The boat was about to sink. The, the net was about to, to break. And he was, you know, he was shocked and he was, his, his heart was exposed. And, you know, he, he go away, he said to Jesus and he said, he kneeled before him and he said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Jesus reveals his lordship over the things that concerned Peter. The concern of Peter was, Life, he came and showed him that he's Lord over that thing that concerns him, that he's afraid of to surrender and to give. And as we saw for Peter, the question was his livelihood, his fishing profession was his security. He couldn't let go of it in response to the call of Jesus. He couldn't trust him. So Jesus demonstrated to him that he is the Lord over the things he was afraid of losing. When Peter saw what happened, he realized two very important things. He realized who it was that was sitting before him in his boat. This was no ordinary man. This was the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, until the earliest, uh, 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 unlike the earliest reference to Jesus, he said, he said when Jesus asked him to throw the net, he, was calling, he called him master, like teacher. But this time he said, he realized that he is Lord. Go away from me. It's the appropriate response from those who realize that they are unworthy to be in God's presence. He said, I am a sinful man. Peter is the first person actually in the New Testament who called Jesus Lord. And as Peter realized who it was in his boat with him, he became very aware of who he himself was as well. He knew that he was not worthy to be uh, in Jesus' presence, that he was a sinful man, that all the time that Jesus was pursuing him, he was postponing, he was doubting, he was not trusting him. All that 
that um, you know, uh, he, avoiding Jesus, respond, responding to Jesus was exposed uh, at that time when he really realized who Jesus was, that he, he is actually Lord over the things that concerned him. When he didn't know, what he didn't know is that this is the qualification needed to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. The, the qualification to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is to know that Jesus Christ is Lord and to know that we are sinners and we, we need him. And, and to know who Jesus is, Lord, and to know that uh, uh, we are, um, to know ourselves, we are in the light of Christ and surrender all to him. Jesus wants us to know his lordship over the things that concerns us, that hinders our surrender. What, we are, what are the things you are afraid of losing? If you surrender to Jesus, what is it that, that you're afraid of? You know, is it, is it my security, whether it is finance or people, position or status, what is it that we are afraid of to lose if we surrender to his lordship? Is it relationship, that relationship the Lord is asking you to give up because it's affecting your work with him? Is it respect? We don't want others to think that less of us if we surrender and live out, sold out um, um, to Christ. Is it our resources? Is it a companion acceptance that we, we are afraid to lose? Is it failure? If I do this, if I respond to it, if I accept it, what if I fail? Is that failure that we're afraid of? Is it pleasure that if we surrender to Jesus, we will lose something that is actually uh, pleasurable to us? What is it that we are afraid of uh, surrendering uh, to him? The Lord wants us to know his lordship over those areas. He's pursuing us to reveal that he is lord over all those things. Knowing his lordship will transform us from conditional uh, followers to the unconditional ones. Finally, it is the knowledge of his willingness to use us despite our sin. In verse 10, we see that Jesus responded to Peter telling him, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. He didn't say, previously when he called him, he said, I will make you uh, fishers of men. And this time he said, you will catch men. Peter, he, Peter is ready. He knew that Jesus Christ is Lord. He knew that he is a sinner. And he surrendered himself to Christ. Now he's ready to fish, uh, to, to fish men. Peter trusted that Jesus would use him despite his sin. He saw his sinfulness, unbelief, reluctance to believe, and trust Jesus despite what he saw uh, Jesus do. So in the same way, God is looking for people today who will listen uh, and obey his word. He's not looking for people who think they are perfect. Jesus said he, he did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Sometimes we wait until we are perfect or until we are some kind of uh, we, uh, ideal Christian, Christian uh, uh, image that we have uh, before we uh, are willing to serve him. But that's not what is required. What is required is our listening to his word, realizing that Jesus Christ is Lord and we are sinners and we need him and we surrender that ourselves to him. He's looking for men and women who know they are lost in sin, who are willing to trust his word and obey. As we seek to grow in our work with the Lord, as we desire to go deeper in our work with the Lord, this is something that God will work in all of us and a willingness to leave it all behind. Everything we had hoped for, 
all our dreams and aspirations and desires, all laid at the feet of Jesus, surrendered to him, that we may follow him and continue to go deeper in our work with him. This man put Jesus first. From this day on, knowing that following Jesus will be worth it in the end. They gave up everything. They gave up all that fish that was, um, they, they gained from, the, you know, they cut from the, the sea. They just left it there and followed Jesus. We do the same today by trusting God with our future, by trusting God with everything. For us, maybe trusting God with everything means using our skills and careers in a way that honors God. Trusting God with everything means looking around us for, uh, around us for opportunities to serve, looking for opportunities to share his love, opening our homes and getting involved. Uh, we all are also fishers of men, and we, are, we all help out with the fishing. In conclusion, Christ pursues us to transform us from conditional followers to unconditional ones without following him without any condition. The knowledge of the pursuit of his love, knowing the Lord never give up, give up on us, but pursue us to transform us, to follow him unconditionally. The knowledge of the trustworthiness of his word and learning to obey even when it doesn't make any sense. What is it that you are struggling to obey today? Your mind and experience say no, but the Lord is saying yes. Choose to listen to the Lord and obey. The knowledge of his lordship over the things that concerns us. As we open our hearts to surrender to him, what concerns us, he will give us the strength to, 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 to give it to him. The knowledge of his willingness to use us despite our sin. What is required from us is to see who we are in the light of his holiness, to know how much we need him. This knowledge brings transformation by leading us to surrender all to Jesus. Jesus is pursuing you until you realize that he is Lord over the things that concerns you. Shall we all stand and, and, and pray? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you, Jesus, that you pursue us. Thank you for your persistent love when we don't acknowledge you, when we don't uh, trust you, when we go on the way that is contrary to the way that you want us to go. Thank you for pursuing us, Lord Jesus. Thank you because you know us, you know our heart, you know our struggles. We know where we, are, we fail to trust you. We know where we are unable to acknowledge that you are Lord and uh, surrender to you. We have known what you wanted from us for months, but we are resistant to give up that to you, to give it to you, to trust you, to hand over that to you. Thank you for pursuing us. Thank you for you know, giving up on us until we are transformed to your likeness. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the trustworthiness of your word. We pray today, Father, that we may trust in your word. We may learn to obey despite um, uh, what we know and our experiences. Lord, we, we ask, Father, that you may, um, we may grow in faith, in trusting your word and acting upon that word. Lord, and, and thank you, Father, that you called us to use us as we are. Uh, uh, and, and Lord, there's a grace, there's power, there's, there's, you want to transform us as we surrender to him. Help us to ask, Father, today that the best place to be is under your lordship. That, Father, that we, our, our life makes, um, our life matters in the sight of heaven when we are under your lordship when we know that you are Lord over that which concerns us. Work within us, Father God. We pray, Lord, that uh, persuade us, we pray this, evening, this, this, this morning, Father, and speak to us more, Lord Jesus, and transform us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence in our life. We thank you, Father, that you won't give up on us. We thank you for your... Amazing love. Lord, you know us more than we know ourselves. Thank you for your commitment to us, Father. We pray that you may encourage us today by your love. Touch our hearts and our minds, we pray, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.